0: 2 Samuel, chapter 12, verse 24. I don't know if it was going to be on the screens or not. Say amen if you have it. Say wait up if you don't. Amen. 2 Samuel, chapter 12, verse 24. There it is. And it reads as follows. Scripture says, And David comforted Bathsheba his wife, went in unto her, lay with her, And she bare a son, and he called his name Solomon, and the Lord loved him. Today, I want to talk about hereditary, Solomon versus David. Heavenly Father, it is in the name of Jesus, we come thanking you for the honor and the privilege of prayer. Lord, I just want to say thank you for just waking us up this morning, starting us on our way, clothing us in our right minds, I ask now that you would hide me, sir, behind the cross. Please don't hold my sins against your people. Bless in this house, save in this house, restore in this house. Lord, move like only you can. Move by your power in this house. Lord, have your way, break chains and shackles, free hearts and mind, elevate in this house, Lord. Oh Lord, we pray that you allow me to decrease in your Holy Spirit within me to increase, Lord. Move like never before. We pray this blessing in Jesus' name. Amen and thank God. Hereditary Solomon <clears throat> versus David. God knows our strengths, weaknesses, advantages, disadvantages, what motivates us, what hurts us, what makes us happy what makes us sad, after all, he is the creator. But guess who studies us, watches us, sends agents to talk and get to know us? The enemy. The enemy will take weeks, months, years, decades to set you up and to cause you to fall. And in the interest of what he does, his tricks, his schemes have been tested and tried to the highest of levels to where the brightest, the smartest, the wealthiest, the kindest, and even the most patient of us have succumbed and fallen to the temptation of lust, greed, power, yielding us down the path of infidelity and playing in the jungle of sin. And so we understand, we understand and get that David was a great king. He was a great man, a man, in fact, after God's own heart. Yet would Uriah, Bathsheba's husband, and his family agree? Uh, You see, David too fell to the pressure, the pleasure, the pain of sin. In fact, Solomon was birthed as a result of David's sin. Many of you know the backstory. David couldn't sleep one night, and we went out on the rooftop, and he was lounging on the rooftop, and he saw a beautiful woman by the name of Bathsheba, bathing um, and I believe David must have looked a little bit too long because it turned into a lust uh, uh, yes and I don't know if it was the way the twilight captured the curvature of her hips or the uh, yeah bronzeness of her skin or the copper hues and stresses and highlights in her beautiful long flowy hair but David looked at her and said oh I need me some of that he sent for Bathsheba he laid with Bathsheba he impregnated Bathsheba and when he couldn't cover up the sinful act and deed he turned around and had her husband Uriah killed and married Bathsheba so the Bible says that the baby died and he went in he comforted her and she conceived again a son by the name of Solomon and so Solomon was like sort of like a peace offering if you will between God and David because with the conception of the first child David was too busy sliding and gliding and sinning and grinning and sneaking and freaking and trying to do a cover-up and so consequentially God would not allow that child to survive but the Bible says that the Lord loves Solomon and although he was born from a union that probably shouldn't have ever taken place I'm a front row witness that God can bless even within your mess Uh, oh I've watched him take dope dealers uh, and turn them into deacons I've watched him take prostitutes officially unofficially male and female turn them into preachers of the gospel I've watched him take children born out of wedlock and use them to bless an entire nation why because we serve a God that specializes enjoys, gets a kick out of transposing our mess and turn it around for his glory and his purpose and I wonder if I have any other front row witnesses in our house that you can attest that God can still get glory out of your shameful pessimistic at times just downright embarrassing story he knows how to turn things around like none other and so king david is on his deathbed and solomon is not the eldest son nor is he next in line for the kingship and so uh, some may be a little curious of why solomon was selected um uh, yes but although he was not the eldest son we understand he's the eldest son of david and Bathsheba. and some argue and make the argument that it probably had something to do with the womb Shh. Bible studies, I thought y'all would have got that joke. Yet it had nothing to do with the eroticism, the loving, lustful relationship between David and his beautiful wife, Bathsheba, although the wound should not be underestimated. Uh, Yeah, the wound can be a powerful, potent, and persuasive thing. Man, y'all ain't saying nothing. The wound can make you have an argument with your own self. The wound can make you backtrack your step. The wound can make you do a 180 degree turn. That's why you have to read the instructions and the fine print. Dangerous when too close to fire. Flammable, keep out of the reach of children. For adults only. You got to know how to handle the wound. And so Solomon, Solomon was not selected by his earthly father. However, according to 1 Chronicles 22, 6 through 10, he was selected by his heavenly father because the Bible says that God ordained this thing. He spoke to David that Solomon would, number one, rule, build his temple, number two, and three, be a man of rest and peace, that Solomon would be his son and God Almighty would be his father. Yet David, also loved by God, who loved God, we find as a man of war. David had so much blood on his hands that God wouldn't even allow him to build his temple. He gave that action item to his son Solomon. But David's life, really honestly, it reminds me of the color purple. Anybody ever saw Color Purple? There's a scene in the Color Purple where Miss Celie, played by Whoopi Goldberg is confronted by Miss Sophia played by Oprah Winfrey because Miss Celie has given her stepson Harpo the ill advice of beating Miss Sophia into submission. So the scene opens up where Miss Sophia is walking and traipsing through the fields and the tall grass of the field and she stops in front of Miss Celie, huffing and a puffing, battered and bruised and she says, you told Harpo beat me. Then she goes through this long dissertation. She says all my life I had to fight. I had to fight against my uncles. I had to fight against my brothers. I had to fight against my daddy. She said but never did I think I would have to fight in my own house. Well David's life reminds me of Miss Sophia because all his life he had to fight. He had to fight against the low expectations of his father Jesse. He had to fight against his hating older brothers. He had to fight against the plots and employees of Saul who consistently and repeatedly tried to kill him he had to fight to bring two nations back together again he had to fight against their enemies who dare take their land kill and murder their families he had to fight to bring the ark of the covenant back together to Jerusalem it was by circumstance not necessarily by choice but David had to be and was a great fighter (laughs) and he wasn't just any old fighter But David was ordained anointed, called by God to fight. Because unlike Muhammad Ali and Mike Tyson, he was a fighter who never ever lost a battle. You see, when David showed up on the scene to fight, he was covered, protected, and shielded by God for the journey. And you'll discover family that some things in life people will study and matriculate together. They will work hard and practice get. They will skin, grin, lie, and brown nose get. And God turns to you and he just says here. He gives you the favor. He gives you the intellect. He gives gives you the work ethic. He gives you the stamina. And if you're like me, you're walking around your house scratching your head because you're living in a house that you know you shouldn't have qualified for, driving automobiles that you know you really can't afford, swiping ATM debit credit cards with accounts that shouldn't be in your name. And you're saying, I don't know why he loved me like he do. I don't know why he cared for me like he do. I don't know why every time I turn around he for me but I'm glad anybody glad in his house besides me that he did and so David 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 had many faults but fought for the kingdom of Israel like none other And so Solomon Solomon is a teenager when he becomes king he loves Jehovah he follows the good advice that his father, David, daddy David gave him. And Jehovah is so pleased with young Solomon. One night he comes to him by way of dream. And he says, Solomon, what would you like me to give you? And can you imagine that? I mean, the almighty God, El Shaddai, Yahweh asking you such a question. I'm totally convinced that not everybody would be able to handle this question. I'm reminded of a, a vacation. Excuse me. My husband and I went on uh, many years ago and we were visiting with family and friends. And so uh, the uh, lottery happened to be at this all-time record-breaking high, right? And so everybody was talking about what they would do if they won the lottery. And I personally, I've never played the lottery. I don't even know if I necessarily know how to play the lottery. But it, you know, the conversation was intriguing enough, and so I partook. And so uh, everybody was talking about what they would do. Uh, yeah, some people had these far-the-world uh, things. They were saying, "I buy an island. I buy a mansion on every continent. I start a nonprofit and let children try travel and fly across the world and teach them how to dream." And yada yada yada. And so one young man. And I believe he was on my husband's side of the family, and we're gonna go with that narrative because he's not here to defend himself. But listen, he said, uh, he said, you know, I get me stuck out his chest. He said, I get me a double wide. All chit chat. Stop. We all looked at him. Somebody finally said "What a double-wide what? He said, I get me some land. I put me a double-wide trailer. We burst into laughter huh? because it was obvious his dreams was subpar and subsidiary to our own, but I'm thoroughly impressed with this young man, Solomon, who proves to already have a certain level of maturity because Solomon did not ask for fleeting things. He did not ask for fortune nor fame, but Solomon asked for wisdom, and I promise you Wisdom places you on a different trajectory uh, On a totally different playing field Because wisdom teaches you how to fish So you don't have to ask for fish uh, Wisdom teaches you how to become an entrepreneur So you don't have to walk around asking for a job Or a handout And James 1 and 5 teaches us That if we ask for wisdom God will give it without finding fault He has more than enough to go around The problem is we have these long laundry list of things that we want God to do and give us but it's seldom that somebody especially young seeks for wisdom and the reason the reason Solomon requests wisdom to me is even far more impressive than him asking for it in the first place and I quote 1 Kings 3 and 9 he says give your servant an understanding mind so I'm able to govern your people discern between good and between evil and can I tell you that this pleased God so much so he said I'm getting ready to upgrade you young blood like Beyonce did with Jay-Z he said not only am I gonna give you wisdom but I'm gonna throw two things that you didn't ask for riches and honor and I'm talking today to more than just two three people four five people six seven people eight included myself but you not because you've been so holy not because you've been so right not because you look so cute he said but simply because you've been faithful when everybody else walked away from the business when everybody else walked away from the relationship when everybody else walked away from the ministry you kept your hand to the gospel plow and he's going to reward you honey child just because you've been
1: faithful faithful Somebody cry out, I'm a faithful
0: soldier. Hallelujah. And so Solomon is the wisest king to rule Israel. His reign and heir is the heir of unprecedented prosperity, equality bestowed by the Almighty God. He adjudicated civil cases, wealth poured into his treasury, allowing Solomon to fulfill God's promise that he build his temple. And so, uh, yes, yeah, Solomon, he has money. He has fame, he has honor, he has prosperity, and above all, a good relationship with an almighty God. Solomon was the man. And so if I'm sure if you're like me, and you grew up in the Baptist church, you was made to go to church just about every day of the week, Bible study, Sunday school, teachers meeting, choir rehearsal, usher board meeting, you know, prayer meeting, all those meetings, then I'm sure you've heard this story quite a few times. And uh, you probably pondered some questions. I happened to be in my Sunday school class. I was about in eighth grade at this time. And you know, um, my Sunday school teacher started, you know, not liking me so much. Cause as I got older, my questions got progressively harder to answer. And so I was waving my hand about two, three iterations. Finally, they were like, yes, Lashandra." And so my question was this, and you probably pondered this. I said, if Solomon was so wise, why would he fall by the same Achilles tendon that tripped up his father David. Anybody ever wondered that besides me? I mean, cause a destruction of a life, a division of a kingdom, plague Solomon present. If he was so wise, why would he fall by the same stumbling block? And you know, I didn't realize in eighth grade the depth of this question and it's pretty complex. I'm going to attempt to answer this question uh, yesterday, and so I ask that you be uh, patient with me because it's probably going to take the remainder of this sermon to address. Uh, Are y'all going to be praising? Are y'all going to pray with me? Okay, so watch this. Um, There has been an ongoing debate for many years and many decades called nature versus nurture. It debates whether the aspect of human behavior is inherited genetics or whether it's acquired learned behavior due to environmental influences. And so nature is thought of to be a genetic pre-wiring uh, uh, yet other biological influences that factor into the way we think the way we act the way we respond the way we process information and so if you haven't picked up by now i'm a fairly blunt person i'm not really a person to throw a rock and hide my hand just doesn't fit my personality type. I'm more of a person to throw a rock and wave my hand. And then if you still didn't know it was me, I'm liable to get a larger rock than I got before and throw it harder than I did the last time. And so, uh, yes, if I'm inquisitive about something, it's something I want to know. I'm just liable to ask the question. That's just my personality type. However, there are things called unspeakable truths. Stay close with me. I'm going somewhere. And unspeakable truths is just what it sounds like. A truth that everybody around you can know about, but dare not speak about there are unspeakable truths in relationships such as marriages oh yes in the organizations such as churches and unless you make it to that ntk status y'all know what ntk is don't you need to know yeah unless you make it they'll look at you blank face like they have no idea what you talking about like some of y'all looking at me right now like we speak a no english and so what it happened, funny story, I think I share it with you. My sister Dee and I, we were at a family and friends function, right? Didn't know the people all that well. And I'm sitting there I'm talking to this lady and she has her child there. And, oh uh, yeah, the child is a male child. And I'm seeing this man walking around. And the man look a lot like the child. Lord, so sure, a child look a whole lot like the man. Well, you know, you know, I either I, had mannerisms alike. I mean, they stood alike. He had the left hip on the left side of the cheek, just like him. And so, you know, I knew the woman was married and the man was married and not to each other. And so I'm putting two and two together. I just asked the question. Some of y'all already see where I'm going with this. And so she said, no, she was sweet. She said, no, we're not related. Our family's just close to children, grew up together, yada, yada. I'm completely oblivious to the looks and the stares that's going on all around us. And no need of my sister D laughing, because she was standing right next to me talking about, well, somebody need to check the blood because they look exactly alive. And so a little bit of time passed, right? And so this person, I didn't know the person, they came to me and said, um, ma'am, I don't want to be in your business. I just I heard the conversation. I know you knew around these parts. Uh, and so I guess I made it to that NTK and they said, you know, you, you didn't hear from me. But I don't want you stepping off into something you really don't know you stepping off into. And they said, so uh, everybody knows that man fathered that child. Everybody know that child belongs to him, but we just don't talk about it. Oh yeah, and you know our family can turn on you like a dime. My sister's all of a sudden getting indignant. Uh, Oh, you always talking too much, always in other people's business, asking questions, as if she wasn't standing there saying, somebody needs to check the blood. And so my point, y'all so crazy. My point is genetics is a powerful thing. You have children who've never seen their parents look like them, carry themselves like them, have mannerism just like them, can be shy, terrified of certain things, hide dogs pl- uh, fly and have insecurities just like them. And children can have a predisposition for things that are coded and genetically pre-wired. That's nature. Now nurture deals with learned behavior. For instance, how you handle pressure. If you saw your family yes, struggling when you were growing up and dad was fighting for the family working multiple jobs mama was fighting for the family uh washing dishes scrubbing floors that's going to be ingrained in your mental memory rolodex Uh, versus a child that may have been orphaned or grew up in foster care family may be a nice to have but might not necessarily be a high priority on their list and so from this stance and this viewpoint i'm going to argue that i believe nature and nurture both would be factors in the case of solomon now we're starting to scratch the surface because But can I go just a little bit deeper? You see Solomon did not grow up in a household like you and I He had one two three four five six seven seven stepmothers and 18 other siblings Now today we call that a blended family on steroids, but in actuality It was a highly dysfunctional family Because although David was a great fighter, he was a great warrior, he probably wouldn't have made it as a finalist for the Cool Dads Rock Awards. Let me just be honest. His household played out much like a soap opera. Let's check the record. Amnon, his eldest son, raped Tamar, his daughter, and was killed by Absalom, his third oldest son. Absalom, who murdered Amnon for raping his full blooded sister, uh, yes, then turned around and wages a war against David. He was later killed by Joab, his cousin, who I believe was the general of David's army. Ageniah, the fourth oldest son, attempted to usurp the throne during the life of David. He was later executed per Solomon's request after Solomon was crowned king because he refused to honor the wishes of their father David. And none of this is by mishap or happenstance because the prophet Nathan told David, per the Lord, the sword shall never depart from thine house because you took the wife of Uriah and despised the Lord. Do I have any Bible readers in here? And so I get it. I get it. There are consequences to actions. You can say, Lord, I'm sorry. I'll never do it again. Please forgive me. You still going to have to face the music, pay the piper, bite the bullet, and depending on your relationship with an almighty God, you're going to have to deal with the consequences in this life and or the next. So I don't want you to zero in on that there's consequences to action. I think a five year old child gets that. You play with fire, you get burned. What I want y'all to zero in on is David's response. To the consequences of his actions. Uh, can we do a quick reprise? Amnon raped David's daughter and although David was hurting, David did nothing. Absalom two years later killed Amnon for raping his sister. David mourns to death. He's hurting on the inside, but he did nothing. Now Absalom wages a war against David, turned the hearts of the people against him. He fled the city to prevent from killing his own son. He's hurting on the inside. He's mourning, but he still did nothing. Job Joab kills his son Absalom against David's wishes. He's upset and angry with Joab. He's hurting on the inside. He's mourning. He's fled the city. He's angry with Joab, but he did nothing. Adjaniah set up a throne before David was coughing good, before he had one good foot in the grave. And although David was obedient to God and pronounced Solomon as his successor, uh, yes, he was hurting on the inside. He was mourning. He was angry, fled the city, but ultimately he still did. What I want y'all to understand is that David could pump fear in the hearts of his enemies. He could wipe out an entire army. His name exuded fear throughout the land, but he refused to do what the good Lord Almighty does every single day, and that's correct.
1: If I wasn't in church, I'd use a different adjective. His bad children.
0: I'm talking to parents right now, I'm talking to Godparents. I'm talking to guardians. Do you not realize guilt can paralyze you? I'm not telling you what I think. I'm telling you what I know. Guilt will put you in a spiritual straitjacket. You feel like you can't move to the right and to the left. And what happens is that guilty parents are apt less apt to correct bad behavior. And it's not an if, it's a when. Bad behavior will lead to a fall. And sometimes as guilty parents, we try to push out mattresses and pillows and cotton balls and, uh, yes, feathers to curtail the fall. And I'm telling you, it cripples the child and prevents them from learning the lessons that you and I had to learn. I was reading this book about 10 years ago called Millionaire Next Door. Fascinating book, right? And... uh, and the book was talking about you know millionaires next door, we, people that are net worth one, two, three, four million dollars. They live in similar houses we live in, driving similar cars, shopping similar retail stores, but their net worth is millions of dollars. And the book was really captivating. About the book, it said that oftentimes more than you think, the children aren't able to continue on with the legacy of the parent because they didn't go through the same trials and struggles. And I let that thing name. And, you know, I'm a proud parent. I have three boys. I thought me and my husband did, you know, did a pretty good job with our sons. But I thought about that thing, and I was thinking, you know, when they were growing up, and they want a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, they had opened up the pantry, and they'd see bread, but they didn't want to see any peanut butter and jelly. So they would say, Mama, Daddy, you need to go to the store, because I want a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, and there ain't no peanut butter and jelly. And I was thinking when I was growing up with my sisters, we went in the pantry, we had some bread, no peanut butter and jelly sandwich. That ain't up and We went in the refrigerator. Found some mayonnaise, start slathering that mayonnaise on that bread, have a mayonnaise sandwich if we didn't see no mayonnaise we look a little harder find some butter spread that butter on that bread toast that bread. y'all ain't saying that sprinkle a little bit of sugar have a sweet butter and sugar sandwich when my mom say oh I'm late for work I'm gonna be about an hour and a half two hours late I need y'all to start some spaghetti we'll go into the freezer no beef go into the refrigerator no spaghetti sauce shoot that didn't stop us we'll boil up the spaghetti noodles drain them noodles add a little bit of milk add some butter and seasonings. voila pasta alfredo I didn't even know Oh, that's what it was
1: called till 10 years later. I said we've been making that since I was 7, 8, 9
0: years old When you don't allow your children to go through some of the same struggles that you had to go through History can repeat itself and not necessarily in a better or good way Am I right about it? And so Solomon whose name means peace unlike David did not have a lot of fighting in his home blood on his hands for the most part he had a peaceful kingship however like daddy david he had a love for women 700 wives 300 concubines now i'm no mathematician that's about thousand women 365 days a year if he had a schedule not saying he did but if he had a schedule that's about two women a night a day with snacks in between something like that and so listen i don't want y'all to throw anything at me what i'm getting ready to say is very controversial I don't want y'all to throw your shoes, your purses, your pocketbooks. I'm just going to ask that you hear me out. Because I'm not saying that God nor I condone polygamy. Let me put that out there right there. Let me just say this. But I know some people are going to be trying to throw a shoe in a minute. So let me finish. Listen, I'm not saying he condoned it. But if you read in Acts 1730, highlight it right down. Read it when you get home. Don't read it now. Uh, yes, read the whole chapter actually when you get home. The Bible says that God, got some hair in my eye, winked at Ignorance. Stay with me. In Genesis, Adam and Eve were kicked out of the Garden of Eden for doing what God told them not to do. After they were kicked out of the garden of Eden, they actually began doing something God told them to do, and that's be fruitful and multiply. They had children. One of their sons named Cain, the Bible said, took two wives. Abraham had multiple wives. Jacob had multiple wives. Many of the patriarchs in the Old Testament had multiple wives. It was cultural. Marriages were used as treaties and alliances. The more children you had, the more workers you had to tend the field and turn the soil. And so sometimes you can live in dysfunction so long that you don't even realize that it's dysfunction. That's why when Jesus came... He had to hit the reset button and reestablish that marriage is between one man and one woman. And so I'm not suggesting that God condone polygamy. All I'm suggesting is back in the Bible days and the Old Testament, he simply, somebody do like that. He simply winked at it. Now I said all that to say, I don't believe that God had a problem with David and Solomon's love for women. No, no, no. He didn't have a problem with that because he made a man to love a woman when why you think we have all these hips dips curves tips and lips? Oh, uh, yeah, he made a man to love and appreciate a woman. I don't have a problem I've been married faithfully for 25 years. I don't have a problem with a man complimenting me He said oh, I like that new hairstyle. Don't it look good? I'm trying out something new you like the way the curls accentuate mother. Thank you so much. Thank you so much Oh, I like them shoes. Don't they look good on my feet? I got them on sale for $19.99. Well not these shoes, but I got them on sale. I don't have a problem he made a man to love a woman i don't care now we live in days where right is wrong and wrong is right but god didn't have a problem with that can i tell you what god's problem god's problem was the love turned lust turned sin against him david was on that rooftop and he was appreciative of women he loved women but he looked too long and that look turned into a lust which now caused him turn him to commit adultery fornication covetedness murder lies a cover-up scheme am i right about it now he in trouble with the almighty god but solomon was wise enough to say i'm not going to do what daddy david did i'm not going to take another man's wife i'm just going to have me lots of women if you walked like he liked, if you talked like he liked, if you swayed them hips to the side like he was going to wife you up quick. Therefore, Solomon, ladies, were not the kind of dude you knock on his door and ask to borrow a cup of flour or sugar. Ask for a 25 cent tour of the mattress. You were liable to get a mattress and a pillow. Just ask the queen of Sheba. He would marry you up quick. But the thing about wisdom is that there are different levels of wisdom. People can be wise in giving advice, but not wise in Taking the advice that they give themselves. Let's check the record. You guys know marriage and relationship counselors. You have people that have very lucrative careers. They write books. They give seminars. They tour the world. Make a good living. But a lot of times if you look at their backstory and their present story, many of them have never been married. If they've been married, they've been married two, three times, working on their third, fourth divorce. You have financial gurus, people that are millionaires and billionaires. But if you look at their back and present story, they're involved in lawsuits, bankruptcies, oh, the IRS, Uncle Sam, all kind of back taxes. And so there's a difference between having knowledge and then applying the knowledge that you have. And so Solomon, watch this, his love for women then in turn caused him to lust after other God, which turned him to now sin, against the Almighty God and what did we say about the enemy uh, that old sleuth, foot Lucifer uh, uh, yeah that little rattlesnake he studies you he watches you he sends agents to get to know you uh, and he saw the same weakness uh, in Solomon that he saw in his daddy David and just as he waited until Solomon had prospered uh, enlarged his territory was made and was winning uh, because Solomon grew up uh, in a household with no or little correction Just like Daddy David wouldn't correct his bad children, Solomon refused to correct his wayward wives, which caused him to perform spiritual infidelity against an almighty God. So back to the question at hand. Uh, Yeah, when I was waving my hand in my Sunday school class, And finally, the teacher called on me. And when I asked the question, um, why would Solomon fall by the same Achilles tendon that tripped up Daddy David, caused a destruction of a life, a division of a kingdom? Well, if I was teaching my younger self, I would say little Miss Lashandra. You see, Solomon is working against two dynamics and two forces. On one side, he's dealing with learned behavior. And on the other side, He's dealing with the blood disease and the genetics of sin. On one side, he's dealing with nature, which deals on the inside, and on the other side, he's dealing with nurture that's all around him. And so I would say, little Miss Lachandra, I find that I have the same struggle uh, yes as them because I pray for wisdom like Solomon I try to do right like David I try to love my enemies and pray for my friends but I find the struggle of sin is all up in my DNA like Paul the good that I would do I don't seem to do that but the evil that's all around me that's the very thing I seem to be attracted to and so what gives me encouragement It's two numbers. I I need y'all to help me close this sermon. I I need y'all to cry out 14 on this song. I need y'all to cry out 15 on this. When you look at Matthew chapter 1 verses 2, uh, it talks about some friends in the Bible. Abraham begot Isaac. Isaac begot Jacob. Jacob begot Judah. Judah begot Perez, Perez Ezra and Ezra, Aram. Aram, Abinadab. Abinadab, Nason. Nason, Salmon. Salmon, Boaz. Boaz, Obed. Obed, Jesse uh, and here comes 14 somebody cry out 14
1: that would be David uh, and here comes 15 somebody cry out 15
0: that would be Solomon uh, and I find that my two friends uh, like me wasn't perfect Uh, like me they made some mistakes Uh, like us they had some issues Uh, but I'm so glad uh, that we serve a perfect God Uh, he can know your weakness uh, and still will rock with you Uh, he can know your sins Uh, he still will cover you uh, spoken and unspoken Uh, confess and not confess Uh, he still will protect you uh, And I'm so glad uh, scripture didn't stop at 14 and 15, uh, but it kept going uh, to introduce us uh, to my best friend in the whole wide world. Uh, stick closer than a brother. uh, Love you better than any
1: mother. uh, I'm talking about Jesus, uh, Mary's baby. uh, Step down uh, 42 generations. uh, Was born uh, of a virgin uh, wrapped in swaddling clothes. uh, And he died Can I say it like an old Ball-headed Baptist preacher He died Until the S-U-N Looked down at the S-O-N Saw his head hanging down Caught an attitude And said, "Mm -hmm, I'm gonna Refuse to shine He died until the wait a minute what is the SON doing down inside of me this is not his natural place and positioning got confused started rocking rolling and reeling he died until the centurion soldier saw all this unfold and said surely this must be the son of the living God he died And I'm so glad that he didn't stay dead, but he got up with all power and turned around our situation, turned our darkness, our dismal pessimist situations, because he changed my name from victim to victor, from defeated to delivered, from powerless to powerful to break through, I'm so glad that he shed his blood and his blood it covers me, his blood it protects me, his blood shields me. So when I'm in trouble, I don't get on the phone with mama, I don't have to sit down. I plead it over my house, I plead it over my husband, I plead it over my church, it's the blood, it reaches to the highest mountain, and it flows to the lowest valley, and it will never, ah, it will never, ever lose its power, anybody happy over the blood, don't get happy. Don't get happy over a car But I shout over the blood It's the blood That picked me up It's the blood with the blood, it caused my fear, the blood, it protects me, it bears